confronting fear. It's the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Your journey nears its end. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Tickets available now. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, your mostly weekly dose of geeky goodness. I'm Rico, your host. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, well, welcome. Uh, and uh, I'm guessing most people have tuned in before, so welcome to you guys again. It is November 24th, 2019. This is Podcast 750. Woohoo, 750. Halfway to 800. Jeez, wow. Uh, today... Uh, First, I, I should say I'm still just slightly under the weather. I've had a had a bit of a cold the last week, couple weeks. It's still kind of hanging on, so I apologize if I if I sound a little different or if I cough once in a while. I'll try not to do that. It's early on a Sunday morning, so I might. <laughs> there, I did it. Um, but today we're gonna do a um, we're gonna do a kind of a classic show. It's been a while. And I've been looking forward to doing this uh, for a bit to, to get back to uh, what I call classic sort of standards, uh, normal Treks and sci-fi. Going to look at a Deep Space Nine episode. Been been a long time since I've looked at one of those. Uh, many months. Anyway, we're going to look at the episode Valiant. That's uh, the Jake and Nog thing on that ship um, behind the war line, you know, kind of. Uh, anyway, I think it's a fun episode. Cool episode. So let's look at that one. I'll probably play it and record some commentary while we will listen to it or while you listen and I, and I watch and listen. And that's what we're going to mainly talk about. Obviously, you heard at the beginning of the show was a little TV spot um, trailer thing for the rise of Skywalker. You know, we're now getting into that time. We're about a month away, a little less than a month away. And we're getting these these short little things that are showing up on on online, on Instagram, uh, and then they eventually kind of release them a little bit widescreen and and better. But boy, they're uh, they're showing a lot of stuff. I I, I just I don't want to see everything, but I do kind of both. I kind of want to see it and I don't want to see it. Um, there's some pretty exciting scenes it looks like in this movie. Uh, you know that's to be expected. I, I, it's in my head. I've been trying to put it all together. Like, why are they doing this? Why are they there? Why are they back there? You know, what's going on? What, what's up? Uh, but um, you know, I'm not trying that hard. I guess I don't want to. So, uh, but yeah, that's exciting. Less than a month away to the, you know, they keep calling it the final. You know, the final chapter in the Skywalker. You know, I was gonna say trilogy. What do you say? Not what's a nine? How do you call nine movies? Um, I don't know. Nineology? Nine, <laughs> I don't know what that. If there's a term for that, you know, trilogies and books are are pretty common. Trilogies and movies are even kind of common. But when you get up to nine, you know, maybe we need names for new, you know, amounts of things like that. Maybe there are already names. Probably are, but I just don't know. So um, that's exciting. I've got tickets for the opening day, the twentieth. I, you know, they have usually preview things on the, on the 19th, but Hey, I'm probably talking too much before the, before even the, the credit music here. Uh, it's been, I'm out of practice. It's been a few weeks. So let's do credits, uh, music opening treks and sci-fi. And then I'll come back and talk more about Skywalker and, um, maybe a little Mandalorian too. Hello everyone. And welcome to the treks in sci-fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, I'm back. Uh, so we yeah we were talking about Skywalker, the excitement building tickets. You know, get your tickets. It's um, I wish it had come out like maybe the week before it's coming out. 
What I don't like about the date now is it's really close to the holidays. Like it comes out just before the weekend before Christmas. And the weekend before Christmas, I don't know about people listening, but we're, we're doing something both days that weekend. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think a lot of families, friends, and people get together like the weekend before Christmas. Sometimes a couple weeks out. Uh, but um, uh, I, I, wish, I wish it was coming out. It seems like the previous ones came out just a tad earlier. Uh, I, I know I've said before, I, I still, I don't know if we'll ever get back to this. They did the solo movie in the, in, in the, in spring, summer, and, and, you know, that didn't do so well at the box office, even though I think most people think that's a good movie and like it. But the, uh, the holidays, while it's, it's nice, you know, it's a nice time of year to go to the movies and, and, and you, people have time off. It also, it's a busy time too. So, Sort of a double-edged sword, I guess. I kind of wish it went back to the spring summer, but Marvel's kind of taken over that too, has haven't they? You know, they've got lots of uh, lots of other movies to compete at those times of year. So uh, let's come out in like the end of February. Nothing comes out at the end of February. How about how about then? Um, but um, but anyway, of course, we're all excited for that movie. I'm not going to talk too much about the Mandalorian. I I, I kind of teased that before I played the opening credits thing that I do for the show, but um, we recorded a few days ago, I got together with some of the Stacks folks and Angela, Jen, Angela and Joe and I talked a little bit about uh, the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. That was like last Thursday, just before episode three came out, which I kind of almost wish we had not done our show until after that, because that was a great episode. But simply put, I, I'm really enjoying the show. I probably am going to put that episode up in the Treks and Sci-Fi feed. I think it's going to be out in Star Wars Stacks. If you guys listen to that show, uh, it's probably up now. Might be it's probably up by the time this goes out. So, uh, but um, yeah, of course we're all enjoying it. I mean, it's really um, it's well done. I'll say a few things, I guess. And it seems like the internet loves it, which is amazing these days because the internet doesn't love much. So uh, although they either love something or they don't, uh, and or they hate it, right? It's, it's one or the other. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of, uh, yeah, so that's that's getting kind of old. But um, oh, my voice, sorry. And uh, But yeah, I mean, Disney Plus, let's talk about, we could talk about that. I didn't talk, we talked a little bit about it, I guess, on our show about The Mandalorian. But another streaming service that everyone's like, ugh, another streaming service. But there's a lot on there. If you're Obviously, if you're Disney Marvel, Star Wars fan, any of those things or all those things, you're going to probably want the service. I signed up when it was pretty inexpensive for a multi-year. They had a special promotional thing. I don't think it's even costing me $4 a month. It's like $3.75 or something a month it worked out to. I think it was three years worth or something at, at a super low rate. Um, and eventually we're going to have Marvel television shows on there. Uh, which is cool. We're going to have future other Star Wars series like Kenobi and that Cassie and Andor are supposed to have a series. So, um, yeah, there should be a, a good amount of content. Uh, and it's just a little getting them, you know, they've kind of gone overboard with all these different streaming services. There's an Apple one now, too. Uh, there's going to be HBO Max or something, which is different than regular HBO. Uh, there's DC Universe that I do for uh, DC shows like Titans, which is awesome, and others. Uh, on there, they're going to do a Harley Quinn animated series that starts at the end of this week. CBS All Access, of course, with Trek and Picard soon in January. It's just, they're just, and of course, you got the good old ones like Hulu and Netflix and everything, but it's, it's a lot. Amazon Prime has got some good things. Uh, there's, uh, there's just ugh. not only are there a lot of streaming services, but there's a lot of content. Very hard to keep up. I'm becoming very, becoming very, very selective of new series that are that are coming out like, like came out this fall. I'm trying. I'm debating on a couple of them whether to continue to watch them because there's just so much to watch. I, I it has to be stupendous and and pretty really pretty good to fit in my schedule and queue of of shows. So it, it is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an, uh, uh, what do they call an embarrassment of riches? Is that the phrase you people use? I, I don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, Hey, better to have, uh, a lot too much to, to read and watch. I, 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 um, 
been watching a, a few th- other things, movies, uh, and and so forth. And there's um yeah, there's a lot, just a lot. So um, nothing really amazing. A couple of weeks ago, I should go back in time a little bit. Uh, so the last show that I think I did was the one about Terminator. I I think yeah, when I came back from the uh, car show at, in Vegas, I was sick, so I didn't do a show that weekend. Last weekend, uh, Mark stepped in and did a, a guest host on Five Million Years to Earth, a special uh, classic sci-fi film show that he does. Um, approximately, usually he gets me one maybe every month or two uh, of that. So so I yeah, I haven't done a show, a regular show, regular uh, show like this in quite a while, about a month. So it's a little, uh, it's a, it's a little, it's good. It's good. It's good. I don't know what I was trying to say there. It, it's, uh, it's good to get back. And, but it also means I'm trying to remember what I've covered, what I haven't of recent sci-fi news and events and things. I'm trying to think of anything big that's come out. Well, one of the big things that came out is, um, there's a, um, looks like there's a new plan for the next Star Trek movie for the fourth, the fourth of, um, of this series of films. Uh, the um you know that that started with star trek uh, the new star trek movie with you know chris pines Zachary quinto all those people back in 2009 10 years ago so yeah i'm, I'm looking at this story over on trek core uh there's a guy named noah holly who is in negotiations or maybe um maybe has got a deal with uh, paramount to do to write and direct the next Star Trek film, uh, he uh, he'll produce along with J.J. Abrams. Um, apparently, the the idea is that the, this will include the cast that we've already we already know. Um, of course, there's been this talk of this other Quentin Tarantino project that's been going on, a more R-rated film. Uh, the uh, there's no word on anything about um, what they're going to do as far as story here. Uh, we're probably, I would assume, at least a couple of years away from this. Uh, it, it's, uh, but I, but I do really hope that it, it would be nice if they they do another film with the idea that maybe it kind of caps things off somehow. Um, who knows? I mean, most of these actors are really pretty young, and, and I've enjoyed the films too. So, but they've also become these these actors are are really in demand. They they command some high salaries. And I, I think the idea would be to do something different uh, with uh, a new group or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, it's Star Trek to me has always been we, we've talked about this, but Star Trek to me has always been a, a, a best uh, as a TV thing, like the, all the series we've gotten. Uh, we've got Discovery now. We're going to have Picard. We, we basically have a channel CBS All Access for Star Trek. Uh, the movies are great. They're kind of like a little topping on the cake or a little topping on the ice cream or whatever. They're cool, but they've, um, th- there's been some, I-, I feel that there's been some good films. There's been some great films. There's been a couple that are kind of, eh, but even the couple that are kind of, eh, I always enjoy a little bit, but the, um, as opposed to my, my counter to this, of course, is star Wars because star Wars has mainly always existed as movies with some animated series, some books, some comics, but now with this Mandalorian show, I think they're showing that, that Star Wars can work really well on the small screen. You don't need necessarily the big craziness and, and Jedi and, and, and you know, I, actually the Mandalorian is, is while it's very well done, it, it's, it's pretty, I wouldn't call it low budget, but it's certainly not the spectacle that you get in a Star Wars movie. While it's still Star Wars and while it still feels very, very polished and well done, um, point being, I think that, you know, back when years back when George Lucas was tossing around the idea of doing a Star Wars television series, I think he was basically uh, in his head, I think he was trying to do movies on a TV budget. And while there are TV shows that have gone that route a bit, something like Game of Thrones, for example, with the production values and the money, I, I, I don't know if you can really do that with with Star Wars. I mean, Star Trek Discovery is pretty well done and, you know, looks big budget to me. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, with all that said, I think these franchises can mix and match between television and movies. Uh, but, but Trek, we're always, I think, just going to get, um, 
you know, we'll get a movie maybe every few years. But apparently Paramount's really all in. Uh, they, they really want to continue the movie franchise. They don't want to just be, now that they've gone back to TV for Trek, they don't want to let the movie side of it go. Uh, I, I think they should try something a little unique and different, maybe. That would be kind of cool. Uh, you don't need necessarily Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, or even Picard, or even any other group of people or actors that we are familiar with from previous shows or anything like that. I think you could, you know, maybe take a shot and do something totally new. I, I mean, for example, Anson Mount uh, as Captain Pike was was really well received by everyone, the fans, the critics and everything, uh, you know, playing Pike on on the um, last season of Discovery, maybe make a movie with him, you know, maybe with Pike, although I think everyone's clamoring and hoping for a TV show. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of, as Spock would say, there, there, are, uh, there are lots of possibilities. So we will see what happens. And I think I need a drink of tea. So with that, I think I'm going to take a break here and... Um, uh, oh, by the last thing I was going to say about Noah Hall, Hawley, uh, the guy doing this next Trek thing, he's done some pretty good stuff, the stuff I've liked. He did this Legion TV show, uh, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he comes up with. So, uh, And with that, I am going to take just a quick little short break. Well, it won't be much of a break for you because when I come back, we're going to be uh, starting the episode Valiant, Deep Space Nine. It is, what season is this episode? <clears throat> Excuse me, I think it's six. Six, yeah. It's toward the end of season six of Deep Space Nine. And we'll be covering it. Uh, I'll pull it up here on Netflix and play it for you guys. And I'll comment along the way. So stand by for that. I'll be right back. This is Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager, saying hello to all the listeners of Treks in Sci-Fi. All right, we're we're at Quark's place here, starting out the episode. There's Morn. There's Odo. Having a bad day? Don't you care? Fizz, froth, flip, finial, foam, and flare. What's going on at the table anyway? I take it there's a problem with your drink replicator. A problem? No. Can't be. If there were a problem, I would have submitted an emergency maintenance request this morning. And if I had done that, Chief O'Brien would have assured me that Rom would fix it right away. Then, of course, Rom would have promised me that Nog would fix it before the end of the day. And since this is the end of the day and there is no Nog in sight, we can only draw one conclusion. <laughs> then I don't have a problem. Is your drink replicator broken? You're quick today. Do you want me to fix it or not? You. That's right. Nog had a chance to take a trip to Ferenganar, and I told him that I would cover for him while he was away. Why? Because he did a favor for me last week. So I owe him. But that's work for a mechanic, a repairman, a lowly engineer. I'll tell Chief O'Brien you said that. Oh, it's disgusting, this drinkler replicator thing. A supernova and a Sylvan surprise. She can't do this. Why not? I, it, it, it's not right. She's above that sort of thing. Whose hands weren't meant for poking around inside some filthy drink replicator? They're meant for higher pursuits. You're in love. That's the most ridiculous thing you've said this year. Really? Really? It must <laughs> kill you that she's married to Worf. I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. And since you're not going to order something, would you please step aside so that I can do my job? Of course. By the way, that's not a Sylvan surprise. It's a silken sunrise. Yeah, so Nog, or sorry, not Nog, Quark has a little crush on uh, Dax. Is that it? That's right. 
can I see it? No. So we're with Jake and Nog here on a runabout near some kind Nog. of a space station. Oh, it's an official diplomatic message from the Federation Council to the Grand Nagus. It's for his eyes only. Yeah, but you know what's in it. Maybe. It's a proposal for an alliance, isn't it? I mean, the Federation sends the only Ferengi in Starfleet to personally deliver a diplomatic message to the Grand Nagus. Something big is up. You told me you weren't coming on this trip as a reporter. I'm not. I, I came to see Ferenginar. I've heard a lot about it. I, I can't wait to see the, the, the rain and, and the muck. Good. Because while I'm delivering the message to the Grand Nagus, you'll have plenty of time to play tourist. Shenandoah, this is Starbase 257. You've been cleared to leave our defense perimeter. Remain at one half impulse until you've passed the outer marker. Acknowledged. I don't get to see the Nagus. Now, why would you want to see the Grand Nagus? My father told me to say hello. A and to give the Nagus his best wishes. You're going to have to do better than that. And because I told the editor of the Federation News Service that I could get an exclusive interview with Zek. Jake, you promised me you weren't coming along as a reporter. I didn't promise, okay? I just sort of, you know... Okay, I promised. But this could be a really big story, Nog. The people have a right to know. Forget it. You're not getting anywhere near the Grand Nagus. I have no further comments. What's that? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm having trouble with our long-range scanners. Looks like our sensors are being jammed. Uh-oh. So there's a bunch of uh, Jem'Hadar ships here. Where'd they come from? I don't know, but it looks like they're heading for the starbase. We're not sticking around, are we? Not in a runabout, we're not. We're no match for a wing of Jem'Hadar fighters. See if you can open a channel to Deep Space Nine. Something's wrong. I think they're jamming our comm system. But why would they do that? Because one of them's turned around. Is coming after us. I kind of thought they'd be wanting to warn the Starbase more than talk to Deep Space Nine, but um, all right, so let's dial this down a little bit. So this episode, Valiant, season six, episode 22 of that season, first aired on May 6, 1998. So what are we at, 21 years ago? Wow. Jeez. Is that right? <laughs> uh, written by Michael, or sorry, uh, I said I was starting to say the director. Well, we'll say that. Directed by Michael Viger. Uh, Viger, yeah. I don't know if that's how you say the guy's name. V-E-J-A-R. Vijar? Vijar? But it was this uh, episode was also written, not also. Gosh, I cannot work this today. <laughs> Ronald D. Moore, written by Ronald D. Moore, and uh, again, it it basically features this story of of Nog and Jake when they run into this uh, ship called the Valiant with some cadets aboard who have kind of gotten stuck behind enemy lines. I'm not gonna. It, you probably most people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, have watched and seen this episode. But uh, I, I like the idea of this. It, it has a very, you know, I've always enjoyed these these episodes of uh, any of the Trek series where they show some of the, like, not the primary characters and crew, kind of show other people, cadets, the Lower Decks episode of uh, TNG. You know, it's just, it's always interesting to me because it's like there's, that's the meat and potatoes, the bread and butter of, of Starfleet, right? Not, not. The, the top dogs, although, you know, those are the ones we follow most of the time, which makes sense. So let's get back to the episode now. First part here. Looks like uh, Nog is trying to outrun, of course. You are taking us deeper and deeper into Dominion-held space. We don't have much choice. Every time I try to change course, they gain on us. They're gaining on us anyway. We might as well try and head for the Federation. If we keep going in this direction, we'll run into Cardassia Prime, and that won't be much fun at all. Warning. 
We are within range of enemy weapons. Thanks for the warning. All right. When I go to Impulse, raise the forward shields and transfer auxiliary power to the phasers. We're dropping out of warp? If we have to fight, I'd rather do it at Impulse. At least we'd have an edge in maneuverability. You're Ferengi. Why don't you uh, try making a deal or something? It doesn't seem they're very interested in talking. Stand by. support. There's another ship coming in, bearing 170 Mark 215. It's Jemada It's, uh, it's the Defiant. What? That's not the Defiant. This ship's registry number is NCC 74210. USS Valiant. Valiant? Great name! I hope they tear that Jemadar ship apart. Please, Jake got kind of zapped here. The, those good old panels always blow up on you. And they got just beamed out. Are you all right, sir? Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's nothing serious. Cadet, um, Chief. Acting Chief Petty Officer Dorian Collins. The captain's asked me to escort you both to the bridge. If you'll follow me. So there's another defiant Main power type holding. ship. Auxiliary power on standby. Shields holding at 84%. Helm, bring us about to course 215 Mark 310. 215 Mark 310. Aye, sir. Set quantum torpedo warheads to maximum yield full spread. Maximum yield, full spread, aye, sir. Helm, initiate attack pattern Sierra 4. Sierra 4, aye, sir. Shields now at 78%. This is Red Squad. Red Squad. It was a group of elite cadets at the academy. They were the best of the best. Red Squad received special training, special quarters, special everything. They have their own ship. I've heard of cadets getting command of a runabout or a shuttle, but not a starship. As you were. This is the captain. Stand down from red alert. All stations submit damage and casualty report to the first officer. Glad to see you made it in one piece. I'm Tim Waters, commanding officer. Welcome aboard. Thank you, sir. Sir is correct, Ensign. I was given a battlefield commission and commanded this vessel by the late Captain Ramirez. And using that authority, I have commissioned and promoted other members of Red Squad as needed. I see. Well, I'm Ensign Nog, and this is Jake Sisko. We're from Deep Space Nine. Sisko? You're Benjamin Sisko's son. That's right. Uh, I've heard a lot about your father. I see you're not following in his footsteps. No. I'm a reporter. You should really get that looked at. Chief? Sir. Escort Mr. Sisko to sickbay. Aye, Captain. This way, sir. Preliminary damage reports, sir. Oh, thank you. Ensign Nog, Commander Karen Ferris, our first officer. Commander? Ensign? Sir, the engine room also reports that we still have power spikes cropping up all through the deuterium injector startup routine. I thought we had that under control. I did too, sir. Have you recalibrated the lateral impulse control system? No. What does that have to do with the injectors? Well, the impulse system shares some of the same power relays used in the injector startup routine. We'll try it. Mr. Nog, why don't you wait in my ready room? Yes, sir. The training cruise was supposed to last three months. We had seven regular officers and a crew of 35 cadets. The plan was for the cadets to run the ship while the officers observed and critiqued our performance. So, uh, this was a training ship? Well, like so this is a lot the, um, like 2009 well, Star Trek movie. 
right? Not you know, they were on a training kind of cruise. The Republic's an old ship. I don't think she's left the Terran system in 50 years. The Valiant's a state-of-the-art warship. Our mission was to circumnavigate the entire Federation before returning home. <sighs> the entire Federation? With a ship of cadets? Not just cadets, Mr. Sisko. Red Squad cadets. We were transiting the Kepla sector when war broke out. As you probably know, a Dominion invasion force swept through that sector on the first day. So you were caught behind enemy lines? Correct. We were trying to make our way back to Federation-held space when we encountered a Cardassian battlecruiser near Elgatark. That was our first taste of combat. In the first 15 minutes, four regular officers were killed. Three others were critically wounded, including Captain Ramirez. Is that when you took command? No. When I got to the bridge, the captain was in pretty bad shape, but he was lucid, and he refused to go to sick bay. We had lost main power, and we were adrift. But the Cardassian cruiser was no better off. So it was a race against the clock. A ship that got main power back online first would have a decisive advantage. The captain, he was amazing. He directed the entire damage control effort with a punctured lung and massive internal injuries. He was a great man. And he won the race. We got weapons and impulse engines back online in three hours. And then we destroyed that Cardi ship. The next day, just before he died, the captain ordered me to take command of the Valiant. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You spent eight months behind enemy lines. I didn't do it alone. The crew deserves the real credit. We have cadets here as young as 17 who are doing the job of officers twice their age. But we're also seriously undermanned. I could use another officer. I'd be happy to do whatever I can, sir. I see you're familiar with the operations of a Class 7 warp drive. Very familiar, sir. The Defiant has an identical engine. Excellent. As of this moment, you are Chief Engineer. Congratulations. Chief Engineer? With rank of Lieutenant Commander. Your first assignment is to figure out why we can't go above warp 3.2. Mr. Parton believes uh, that... Excuse me, sir. Uh, I don't think I'm ready for this... None of us were ready for the responsibility thrust upon us, Commander. But each of us found a way to rise to the occasion, do the job that had to be done. Ready or not, you are Chief Engineer. You can do this, Mr. Nog. Just have faith in yourself, faith in your shipmates. Everything will be fine. So he's handing him this little uh, pin. I think it's the Red Squad pin, right? And, um... Yes, sir. I will, sir. Who's this actor here? Guess now, stars. you can just fix our warp drive problems. We can get on with our mission. Our mission? I don't understand. My orders are to collect technical data on a new Dominion battleship operating in the sector. Ah, uh, this is well, we keep picking up their comm traffic Paul so we know Popovich. they're in the area. But because we can't go faster than warp 3.2, we're unable to get within sensor range. And Starfleet knows you're in command of the Valiant. No. We've had to maintain strict radio silence ever since the war began. The orders were addressed to Captain Ramirez. But since he's dead, the mission's now mine. Make no mistake, I will carry out that mission or die trying. Yeah, so this it's is missed. A, it's a little hard to take all this in, you know. Wouldn't you try to get back to Starfleet, you know? I always think about in space fights, wars, whatever. Space is big. There should be a way to get past enemy lines and, and back home. You know what I mean? It's just like, even if it takes you, even if you take a big Coffee? detour, uh, right I mean, you're not talking about flat land, not fighting on land, on a planet, where you can block areas and things like that. I mean, three-dimensional space, folks. Just go up, down, around, whatever. You can't have enough ships to cover that amount of ground. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how big sensors can, can cover and, and, and that. But I've never gotten the idea that they're very accurate after a long, long distances, so... Take a city. 
Oh, a lunar schooner. So Jake and uh, this other cadet are having a little yeah, coffee here and chatting. Of course he still calls Luna the moon, like it's the only one or something. Well, nobody who's ever lived on the moon calls it Luna either. That's just something they say on her. So what's it like? You're from Earth, aren't you? You've never been to the moon? No, just never got around to it. Tell me about it. Well, people say it's so barren and harsh, but it's not. It's beautiful. I mean, Tycho City is just a city, but outside where the gravity is still low and there's no air. You know, the sun only comes up once a month on the moon. Every lunar morning, my father and I would put on suits. Hike out across the sea of clouds. This is uh, Ashley Brienne McDonald. Stop at this collection of boulders. Playing on the Dorian Rim. Collins, this cadet. Just wait for the sun to come up. Dawn is so shocking on the moon. One minute you're in the darkest night you can imagine, and in the next instant the sun lifts up and this glorious, pure light just explodes across the surface. <laughs> Felt like I met God every morning. I'm on duty. Excuse me. What's your solution, Commander? I've taken the safeties off the plasma intercooler, the flux moderator, and the pressure control system. That should solve the problem. You do realize you're violating about 50 safety regulations. Yes, sir, I do. But I also know Chief O'Brien made the same changes to the Defiant. She never had a problem. I don't know, Captain. This seems kind of risky to me. Mr. Parton? Risk is our after business. After spending seven months plodding along a warp 3.2, I'm willing to try anything, sir. Waters to bridge. Prepare for warp speed. Aye, sir. All right, Mr. Nock, take us to warp four. If it worked on the Defiant, should work here. I, mean, I suppose unless the ship is beat up or damaged in some way where it wouldn't work. But uh... Can I help you, sir? No. No, I've got it. Any problems with Cisco's arm? No, sir. You got a problem, Chief? No, sir. Have you been crying? A little. About what? I was just thinking about home. Come in. Chief, I think you can go now. Thank you, sir. And now the episode's taste starts to take a turn. <laughs> So Jake uh, has been called in, kind of. Well, Mr. Sisko, sounds like you and the Chief had quite a conversation this afternoon. Home and family and the glories of dawn on the moon. Does that just about cover it? That's, uh, that's about it. What's going on? What's going on, Mr. Sisko, in case you haven't noticed, is that we are in the middle of a war. We can't afford to have young cadets thinking about mommy and daddy when they need to be concentrating on their duties. All I did was ask about her home. All you did was plunge a member of this crew into emotional turmoil. Jake. May I call you Jake? You're a reporter. Your job is to watch the way events unfold, not participate in them. Right now you need to stand back, take a look at where you are, what's going on around you. You're right in the middle of a great story. Maybe one of the greatest stories in the entire Dominion War. This ship is special, Jake. 
This crew is special. And whatever fates guide this universe, they've chosen us to achieve some purpose in this conflict. I know that. He's getting Just a as surely as I know your power hungry, ship, power is no coincidence. You're here to write the story. To tell people of the Valiant and her crew. Don't interfere with the story, Jake. Don't become a part of it. Just let it unfold around you. Observe, listen, and then write it down. May I have your word you'll stay away from Chief Collins? Okay. Thank you, Jake. You're dismissed. Alright, time to go talk to Nog about this weirdo place. I'm not sure we can trust him. We'll keep an eye on him. What about Mr. Nog? Mr. Nog wears a uniform. He'll do his duty. All right, that'll be all, Commander. I'll see you at 1800 hours. Yes, sir. Captain, are you all right? Yes, why? I heard you were on the bridge during mid-watch again last night. You haven't been getting much sleep lately, sir. None of us have, Commander. No, sir. I suppose not. Thank you for your concern, Karen. But I'm I'm fine, really. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Yeah, I you're up. not. It's all right. So he's like got a big, you know, he always rubs his head, this captain. He's uh, got some kind of a headache. He's take, popping like stims of some kind. Tic Tacs. I call them Tic Tacs. They look like Tic Tacs. <laughs> Even the little case he holds them in is looks like Tic Tacs. But... So you know that why they haven't been talking to them about like, well, why don't you contact Starfleet? Why don't you go back home? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Where have you been? Engine room. I solved their warp problem. What's that? My Red Squad insignia. Oh, and in case you haven't noticed, this would be my new rank. Lieutenant Commander Nog, Chief Engineer. It has a nice ring to it, don't you think? You joined the crew? Something wrong with that? That's a little fast. We just got here and Waters puts you in charge of the engine room? Captain Waters is used to making quick decisions. He felt I was the right man for the job, so he promoted me. Of course, well, Red Nog alert. likes all it. All hands to battle stations. I repeat, all hands to battle stations. Range 1.32 light year speed or 4.7. What's going on? We found our battleship. It's funny how tall Jake looks on this ship because he's a he's a tall guy, probably like six foot, and he basically barely clears any of the openings for the doors because they made the Defiant kind of a small, tight, you know, kind of a submarine kind of a feel for a ship. So I really notice it in this episode. Negative. I think we're still outside their sensor range. Since I think Maintain he's your distance, taller, the course and speed. taller than anybody else. Class three push for launch. Nog. Aye, sir. <laughs> what happens now? We're going to launch a sensor probe to scan the battleship. That way the Valiant will be picked up on their scanners. Won't they detect the probe? <laughs> class three probes are designed to be virtually undetectable. There's almost no chance of it being spotted. Almost? I don't remember anyone inviting you to the bridge. Captain's log, stardate 51825.4. We've been shadowing the Dominion battleship for three hours. The data our probe has gathered so far has not only been interesting, but it may have given us a golden opportunity to strike a blow for the Federation. Attention on deck! It's about the most I've ever Scan seen on a, on this class of vessel. There's probably about 30 people in the in this. Um, it's been a long eight months. Whatever it is, work, mess hall. Sacrifice. And now we've accomplished our mission. We found the battleship and obtained a complete scan without being detected. And we're free to go home. But that ship out there is a direct threat to every Federation outpost and colony within 50 light years. That ship must be destroyed. But, but, we want to go home, be Captain. Commander? We found a flaw 
in the design of their antimatter storage system. The primary support braces are made of Vitarium. It's a very strong, very resilient metal alloy, which just happens to become extremely unstable when exposed to delta radiation. A single torpedo rigged with a radiogenic warhead could reduce those braces to the consistency of wet pasta. As a result, the entire antimatter storage system would tear itself apart. This is Karen. Commander Nog. Ferris is you the don't character. Seem uh, is Courtney Peldon? She's the one that keeps well, sir, picking on uh, Jake. In order to rig a torpedo to yield a delta radiation burst, I'll have to remove most of the guidance systems. We'll have to target it manually. We've trained for that possibility. Shouldn't be a problem. We'll also have to get very close to the target. How close? Within 300 meters. It's dangerous. There's no disputing that. And no one would think any less of us if we just turn around and go home. But that means that some other ship with some other crew would be asked to finish the job that we started. I think we can do it. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that, we dude. should do it. Can I say something? You are not a member of this crew. Let him speak. You all probably know who my father is, Benjamin Sisko. So you know I'm not exaggerating when I say that he's considered to be one of the best combat officers in the fleet. And I'm telling you right now that even with the entire crew of the Defiant with him, my father would never try to pull off something like this. And if he can't do it, it can't be done. We're Red Squad, and we can do anything. Red Squad, 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 Chance and even Nog starts to join in, but uh, it's a crazy plan. No, it's not. Nog, listen to me. We're in way over our heads here. Now, someone told me that ship out there is twice the size of a Galaxy class ship and three times as strong. That's accurate. And you really think we can go up against a ship like that? I think that Captain Waters knows what he's doing. Oh, really? Uh, did you know that Waters has been taking Cordifin stimulants for the past two months? Where did you hear that? Dorian told me. You were ordered to stay away from her. Waters to Shepard. Please report to my ready room, Lieutenant. It's not the way we do things at Starfleet. I can't believe you're buying everything that Waters is selling. He's not selling anything. He's reminding us of our duty. I feel like I'm having a conversation with one of the bulkheads. You don't understand because you've never put on one of these uniforms. You don't know anything about sacrifice or honor or duty or any other things that make up a soldier's life. I'm part of something larger than myself. All you care about is you. That's right. All I care about is Jake Sisko and whether or not he's going to be killed by a bunch of delusional fanatics looking for martyrdom. Get out. I don't even know who you are anymore. I'm the chief engineer of the starship Valiant. Oh, Nog. Put that on your tombstone. The only part about this that I have is Nog seemed to just kind of go along with it a little too easily. I mean, I get it. You know, the fact that he wants this and he wants to be respected and promoted. Mr. Cisco, I'm afraid you'll have to miss all the fun. You're going to spend the rest of this mission in the brig. So two guys jumped in with phasers and, you know, you heard what he said. Also, Nog and Jake are pretty good friends and they tend to listen to each other, so that's kind of a little hard to swallow, but I guess originally it wasn't going to be Nog, it was going to be Kira and uh, Jake that was going to find the Defiance. Sorry, sorry, the Valiant. <laughs> But the, Ron Moore realized real quickly that Kira would have just taken over. She would have kicked some butt and taken over, and the show would have not worked the way it does. She wouldn't have just been able to sit back. So they they, they put it, switched in Nog for, for her instead, which, which makes a lot more sense, especially with the Jake-Nog bond situation. 
don't know how they expect to get within 300 yards of, of this massive ship, fire ready, a torpedo, sir. and get away with, this with is the captain. not get blown up. <laughs> I mean, it's well shielded, it's well maneuverable. We are about to engage the enemy. I don't know if they've got the a cloak on this one. I don't months, think they do. I've told you to stay focused on one thing, your duty. But now I want you to step back from your duty and take a look around. And I don't mean look at the walls. I want you to look at this moment in your life. Take it in. Appreciate the fact that you are on this ship with this group of people at this point in history. But understand one thing above all else. This moment will never come again. Hold on to it. Savor it for as long as you can. There's even a Vulcan aboard that they just showed here in the... And you're the best. The other thing that I wonder too is is like what now? Is it interesting to me that like there Let's are no senior officers left from the training people? Captain out. You know, they're, right. they're like everybody is a cassette cadet that survived and there are no senior officers. Take that us survived. to warp six, Mr. Nod. Warp six. Anyway. Aye. Little things. It's still fun. It's a fun episode. And they've uh now they're going into of course the fight. I think this was a great idea to use, you know, another version of the Defiant because they can use a lot of footage there. Helm, go to impulse. Aye, sir. We are in visual range. On screen. We see you. Everybody's getting a look at this big monster ship out there. <laughs> and they're like, land a strafing course along their superstructure and make it close. That way they won't get a weapons lock on us. I want to scrape some paint off their hull, Lieutenant. Aye, sir. Ray shields charged phasers fired at any targets of opportunity as we pass. Aye, sir. Torpedo status. Torpedoes ready, sir. Defense system ready. Helm ready. All right, Mr. Shepard. Take us in. Oh, boy. Lost their helmsman. Karen, it's all yours. Fire when ready. Understood. Just a little closer. We're losing our port shields. Steady as she goes. ship is not destroyed. Did we miss the target? No, sir. It was a direct hit. It just... It didn't work. Orders, Captain. Land a new car! 
Mars. Oh, the captain just got zapped. So, it's like the Kobayashi Maru all over again right here. Jake, take the, or Nog, take over. Somebody take over. will be the one that Nog and Jake and her in. Captain, I'm picking up a Starfleet distress signal. Bearing 318 mark 005, range 10 light years. That location is inside Dominion held space. Can you identify the ship sending the distress call? Looks like it's coming from an escape pod. USS Valiant. The Valiant was reported missing over eight months ago. It could be a Dominion ruse to lure us into their territory. Then again, it may be genuine. We have to find out. Cloak the ship and lay in a course. Aye, sir. Yeah, Dad's gonna come rescue. We scan the area for any other escape pods. But it doesn't look like anyone else made it. It was a long shot. I just thought maybe... Yeah, so the only one that uh, was Moon Girl that survived between, uh, especially, or not, I'm trying to say, <laughs> except for, of course, Nog and Jake. It was the uh, cadet Dorian Collins. Oh, she, Doctor? I've managed to repair a fractured skull, and with a little rest, she should be fine. And Nog. Oh, a few bumps and bruises. He's going to be fine as well. Can I talk to him? Then I see why not. Are you okay? Yeah. You're going to write a story about all this? Probably. What are you going to say? What do you think I should say? That it was a good ship. With a good crew. That and made a mistake. That made a bad mistake, yes. <laughs> let ourselves blindly follow Captain Waters. He led us over a cliff. That's not true. 
Captain Waters was a great man. Dorian, he got everyone killed. If he failed, it's because we failed him. Put that in your story, too. Let people read it and decide for themselves. Yeah, Jake. Uh, Jake watches, and Nog gives uh, gives the girl back the uh, little red squad pin. <laughs> yeah, good little episode. Nothing dramatic, or well, I mean, nothing. Um, dial this down here a little bit hang on you know nothing um earth shaking but again i I always like this idea of showing some of the other crew doing (laughs) excuse me doing their jobs trying to survive in this case way behind enemy lines i got to turn the uh netflix off because it it always goes into the next episode It, it wants you to keep watching keep watching 10 seconds it's showing another deep space nine episode but yeah, I, I like that. Um, it, it'd been a while since I saw that episode, and I I knew that they basically got it to the point in the episode where they were doing pretty good, and then they got a little overconfident. The captain kind of thought that they could do something that they really weren't capable of. They they almost pulled it off. They don't really explain exactly why their plan didn't work. They seem to hit the spot. You know, basically, it it. Um, it makes you think that that the the data that they had gotten, you know, wasn't sufficient enough. That that hitting that spot on that ship, unlike the Death Star hitting the you know, <laughs> hitting the thermal exhaust port, wasn't enough to destroy it. The um, one of the things that I noticed while watching this is that they they make you really think they destroyed it because there's a big explosion when that torpedo goes off. You know, and the ship, it's like if that if there was that much of an explosion, you would think that ship would have been pretty darn, you know, messed up and hurt. But then the kind of the 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 sparkles clear and and the ship just kind of comes around and and seems relatively okay still. Um, But um, I guess it doesn't matter that much. I mean, basically, their plan didn't work. Um, They it wasn't even so much that they didn't get the torpedo shot there, but, but it's, it wasn't sufficient enough to destroy that ship. So, but again, good episode, fun episode. I, uh, you know, um, rest in peace, Aaron Eisenberg, who plays Nog does a great job in this episode. And, and Jake, I think does too, as well. Uh, his, uh, I like the idea that they made him not just go into Starfleet, like, like Cisco and kind of follow his father. He had this idea to be a writer, um, and then, of course, they had that classic episode called The Visitor, showing Jake as an older man and all that. All right, I'm going to take a very short break, very short, and I'll come back and wrap up the show. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. All right, folks, this is uh, wrapping up another Treks and Sci-Fi. If you want to support the podcast, that's over at patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. Very much big, big, big thanks to those who have supported uh, via Patreon for a long time. You guys are awesome. You know, a couple of dollars a month really helps out. 
had uh, a couple months ago I had to pay the annual dues for the for the hosting of the of all the podcasts all 700 now and 50 podcasts video casts are on Vimeo which is also uh, a, a fee that I have to pay for that because the the hosts there you can you have a very limited free account you can get there but you got to pay for anything more than that so again big big appreciation to those uh patreon who support uh, the show each month patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi so like i said earlier i think next weekend i'll be releasing the um the the show that i recorded with with jen and angela and joe about the first two episodes of the mandalorian great show if you're on the fence at all about doing Disney Plus, but you're a big fan of Star Wars, I, I I have no hesitation to recommend, you know, sign up because The Mandalorian's good, although it's only eight episodes. So if you wait a month or so and sign up, wait till January, you'll be able to watch them all. Uh, if that, if it's really, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, something you don't want to be paying for every month, if you're a little limited on funds, you can do it that way too. So, but they're hopefully going to continue with the new content and, and keep it coming all through 2020 and beyond. So very excited to see what else they do and come up with. All right, folks. Uh, thanks again so much for listening and downloading Treks and Sci-Fi each week. Uh, again, next week will be that show about The Mandalorian and probably in two weeks, maybe a guest cast. We'll see how the schedule for December works. I always try to do a special holiday show near the near Christmas too. So that uh, that's about it. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.